This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Fern Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Here again today, going to talk about some legal documents. I know those are really exciting to all of you, but uh, for better or worse, the society we live in is very litigious, and it's important to have legal documents, and there's a number of legal documents we're going to go over here in this little mini-series Today I'm going to talk about non-disclosure agreements, or also called confidentiality agreements. These documents can help you not get sued, or it can help you maybe set somebody else up to sue if they if they violate them. Ultimately, these documents are about keeping sensitive information, or you know, confidential proprietary information, just quietly between the parties as as, as is intended. And this could if you're, this could come into play in the MHP space if you are trying to sell a property or you're trying to assign or wholesale a property. This could be, you know, if you're trying to just evaluate, you know, the, the market as far as, hey, maybe I'm thinking about selling it. Let me talk to some potential buyers. Okay. Uh, there's a number of reasons you can have this, have these documents. There's a pretty, pretty boilerplate, uh, but I'm going to go over today kind of the key terms and what they mean and just why you should be using them. And frankly, if you're sharing information with other, other parties, you should be using them. But uh, high level, I like to make these mutual uh, sometimes a, a, an NDA will be from like the disclosing party to the receiving party. I think that those terms and that structure is more appropriate in a non-circumvention agreement that I'll cover in another episode. But as far as the non-disclosure slash confidentiality agreement, I make it mutually beneficial because it, it, the reality is both parties probably do share information back and forth. And, and then it kind of keeps both parties honest and scares you a little bit to, hey, don't tell anybody what I offered. Don't tell me else what I countered at. You know, all that kind of stuff. So first bullet point in your document, you got to have the parties. You know, who's, in, who's involved? You know, my company, your company, me, you, okay? Next, the date of the agreement. And then typically these categories like, you know, hey, category one, disclosure of confidential information. It just references this information is going to be proprietary to the disclosing party. You know, it's secret, confidential, unique, you know, blah, blah, blah. There sometimes are things that are excluded, and this could be things like that are in the public domain. And like you know, if if my website is, is referenced in our referenced in our NDA between me and you, but I've got a public facing website with my picture on it, that's already out there. It's not that's that's by rule not secret, okay. And then other times you could if you could demonstrate that you already had access to information. Like let's say for example my cell phone number. I don't think it's out there on my website because I don't want everybody calling me all the time on my cell phone. But some of you guys already have it, so if my NDA says you're not allowed to share my cell phone number, but you can prove that you've been texting me since the day before this agreement or for five years ago. Okay, then obviously you would be allowed to you know share or at least at least have not really share actually, but have that confidential information that in this example is my cell phone number. And then and then sometimes there's other stuff that you know that could be like independently independently you know derived, like you could independently derive. My house address, if you followed me home from a conference and watched me walk into my house. Um, don't do that, by the way. That would be really weird. But that would be so that, you know, you didn't get through this document. 
Um, next, the next category is really the use of the confidential information. Typically, this says you know, the receiving party, and again, because it's mutual, either party could be the disclosing or the receiving in, in this document set. If the you know, receiving party says, hey, I'm, I'm not going to engage in discussions or negotiations about this potential relationship or potential property uh, outside the lines of this document. Um, and this this document, you know, the other, the underlying substance is: Are we maybe entering into a business relationship? Maybe as adversarial, you know, buyer seller parties. Maybe as uh, a sign or a signee, or maybe as joint venture. Whatever this, whatever we're going to disclose and start to talk about, this uh, NDA is designed to you know, govern those things. Uh, and there's there's going to be some exceptions, kind of like on the you know disclosure of confidential information. There's also exceptions to the use. You're like, okay, I'm allowed to use the information and share it with people like my attorney, my accountant, my financial advisor, maybe my managers, directors, employees, etc., affiliated entities, things like that. So that would be an exception to who you can share it with. But you're but if you're the one signing this document, you're you know taking the responsibilities. You're going to do that properly and not go outside the lines. Other categories is just, you know, there's generally an exception that is like if you're required to disclose. So the big one would be like a subpoena or like the IRS audits somebody and they say, hey, you got to tell us how much that guy paid for that property. Okay, you know, you get, an, you get an, you know, kind of an, an out. But it's, you can really tailor that in your document set to make it very limited out. And then you have the, you have the right to fight it. Um, another form of that is, in, is called injunctive relief, where like if, if something's about to be, like if, if, I'm, if I have you promise in my document to not share my cell phone number, but, you know, the c- city X, you know, subpoenas you and says you have to do it in front of the city council, I can jump in and try to file an injunctive rele- relief, which is kind of like a mini lawsuit or it's a pleading with, a, with some sort of court or tribunal to stop, you know, your disclosure. And then, at le- then I get to, you know, fight about it before you actually get to speak aloud on whether or not you can share my cell phone number. Another term that's common in these documents is the return of information. Basically just saying, hey, if we don't, if, if we don't end up doing the deal like we thought, you have to either A, shred all the documents I gave you, or B, send them back. And then, just in general, you should reference publicity. Like this document, you know, like let's say, for example, I'm, gonna, I'm looking to sell my mobile home park in, in X city. Not only can you not share the details that I give you, like my rent roll, my net operating income, and my asking price or my counteroffer price, but you can't even tell people that I'm potentially going to sell it. You can't even make it known that we have this agreement. Um, and then also, the I like to have in there an acknowledgement of a receiving party saying, like, there's no warranty information. So if I give you, if I give you my rent roll, you know, under this sort of document, I'm not going to warrant its validity. Um, now, if I was actually selling the property to you, there would be very common for me to have seller representations and warranties that would cover that. So this, these documents are typically more, more commonly used on things like I'm gonna, I'm a broker, and I'm gonna show you this property. But if I'm, I'm the broker, like I don't even have the owner. You know, I'm not the owner. I, I got this information from the owner. I think it's an accurate role, but I'm not representing that it is. I'm just saying here's the information I got. And then the next item is the termination. Like, how can we terminate this agreement? How long does it last? Uh, before we can terminate or not, is there a tail on it? Meaning, you mean post termination? Does it does it last for? You can't speak about the stuff forever or for two months, etc. And then generally, there's like a, then I got a bunch of just generic provisions that are boilerplate. Like you know, if I waive waiver provisions, like I don't if I waive my right once, I don't waive it forever. State of governing law, where the notices where the notices need to be sent to, and are they mail, email, etc. You know, a reference to this being the entire agreement. A reference to a severability provision. That basically means if any one provision is deemed invalid or illegal, it doesn't you know screw up the rest of the document or make it invalid. 
uh, and the assignment provision, which in these cases typically is a, a uh, inability to assign rights and responsibilities for either party. And then your typical kind of counterparts, we can sign separate documents and email back and forth. And then we both reference that we have and represent that we have the authority to sign this document. Like if I'm, you know, vice president of Coca-Cola, you know, do I have the authorization to sign this? Well, I'm, I'm representing that I do. And then that means it doesn't need the president or the chairman of the board or the whole board or 17 other people. And then you got your signature block. So that's pretty it. Pretty common document. Uh, not overly complex, but still very important to utilize this sort of inform- this sort of document. The non-disclosure agreement also known as the confidentiality agreement. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.